Here's your host, Alex Garrett. And welcome inside to another edition of Alex Garrett Podcasting. Uh, We're going to go back to the adaptation uh, front for a little bit because there was something about what Michael K. said on Sunday that kind of, you know, it was a little bit discouraging to hear. I'll tell you about that in a second. But obviously there were a couple thoughts I've had since the Derek Chauvin trial. First of all, he is guilty. I think kneeling on a man's neck for nine minutes, 57 27 seconds is is guilty. Actions worth of being guilty on all charges. We'll have to see if the defense <clears throat> does appeal. But, you know, I was thinking to myself, if there were riots on this trial verdict, even if it was in their favor, in the favor of justice, if you will, then chaos doesn't care about who the president is. Chaos doesn't even care about an all-counts murder uh verdict they care to make chaos so in a way it just felt like the some might say they they wanted to just quiet the mob the mob rule was effective in this and i just say i think it's a genuine all all guilty charge but i also say you know chaos doesn't care they will still cause chaos they will still burn it down if they truly feel like turning a switch so it was um Amazing that the protesters continued to block traffic in Minnesota after the ruling. I'm like, didn't, didn't, is this unifying? I don't think so. But I digress because talking about cop killings and, you know, cops who are on the wrong end of things apparently isn't my forte. What is my forte is baseball. And Michael Kay the other day said something very strange. He said that his son Charlie wanted to, you know, uh, well, he wanted to introduce his son, Charlie, to the scorecard, you know, when you keep score in a baseball game. Charlie says, does that uh, impact my hitting? Does that help my hitting? And Michael K says, I guess he said to him, because that on the air, and yes, he says, no, not really. And so I guess Charlie walked away. But to me, I actually think hitting can benefit from looking at the scorecard. I think uh, hitters can benefit from looking at the scorecard. You know why? Because if you see you're grounding out three times in a, in a day to a certain, you know, grounder to third, if you're a, what, a righty pulling it, or grounder to second, if you're a lefty pulling it, if you see the shift or whatever, it tells you the technique has to change. If you're getting 6-4 every at-bat, uh, something's got to change for you. But, 6-3, uh, I should say. But, these players seemingly just hit it where they are naturally going to they really don't make adaptations at the plate I'm a bit frustrated the Yankees how can I not be but you know when you're a hitter you should evaluate everything about the game not just replaying it in your mind believe me ball players replay at bats in their mind over and over and and that's why sometimes they get in the slump because they just can't stop wondering why they're in that slump they have to just keep thinking about it it's in their head it's a head game so if a, if a hitter really does look at a scorecard and he sees that he's hitting a certain way, maybe in addition to the film, maybe in addition to the, uh, the mindset, you can actually argue that a player can adapt to their uh, hitting routine <clears throat> and hitting habits, adapt these habits to do different 
by just saying, oh, wait, this score sheet says I grounded three times a second. I may have known it in my head, but seeing it in writing, yeah, I do have to adjust things. After all, aren't we a game of analytics now? Isn't analytics part of the scorecard? Isn't the analytics why we're seeing a shift? Oh, don't even get me started about the shift. You, you see it every minute. Two outs. Where are the fielders? They're on the left side if, if a guy's a right-handed hitter. What happened to playing normal depth when you, when you need to? It, it's a specialty when the infield's in. It's a specialty to see the shift sometimes, but now you're overusing it. But the problem is these batters are not adapting to it. They're still going a certain way that is just natural to them. And I hear a lot of these Yankee hitters are hitting mainly ground balls. Not much through the air. And this is a team that should have home runs every night. Mike, uh, across the way, Lindor finally got his first homer last night. And I was wondering if Met fans were disappointed that they see this highlight reel from Cleveland and think, boy, he's going to hit us every night. Well, it took him until late April to get his first homer. So we didn't really know who Lindor was. Not that he's going to struggle all the time, but maybe Met fans just expected him to be out of the gate right away, which doesn't really happen uh, in baseball. It really is a marathon, not a sprint. But to me, when you say to a kid who's wanting to learn hitting that a scorecard does not benefit you, that will hurt the up-and-coming hitter. As a kid, they should know how to keep score. Yeah, you keep scoring for the fun of it and because you love the game, but then you, you really implement it in any level, possibly. These guys uh, in college keep the books because they know that if they show these kids, hey, you know, your first few at-bats, you did this, great job on the adjustment, or first few at-bats, your at-bats for the game were terrible, look at this. Although I wouldn't demean the player. But the point is, is you can point these out to them at a very young age, if you just let them uh, be influenced by the scorecard, they being hitter. I may be sick and tired that these guys don't even jog out to first. I guess Glaber Torres is in hot water about that one. But it's more than that. It's about utilizing every tool in the tool chest. And a scorecard can help you adapt to that. How, how do the 90s Yankees do? They're all comparing now. This is the worst starts and such and such and, and one not fine. But how do they win? They won by not even thinking about places to hit it or natural habits. They just went with the ball. They were so easy flowing. They got the, the, the dunks, the, the homers, sure, but they were an all-tool team. And I made this point sometimes too, that uh, when a team is sort of one-dimensional, meaning everybody out for themselves, not for moving the baton, getting the baton passed on to the next guy in the lineup, you're doomed. You can't win like that at all. At least I don't think you can. Maybe you do. Alex at alexgnyc.com is the scorecard so vital for not only batters, but for pitchers. And shouldn't kids be encouraged to look at the scorecard, to learn it? 
it's almost like anything, right? You want to be immersed in everything about what you're going to do. And the scorecard is absolutely no different. And so maybe, maybe this is falling on deaf ears or not, I don't know. But I do know that I am a strong component of not discouraging kids to do everything involved with the game. I know that Michael's actually videoed his kid when they were in quarantine. He was like running around the bases. It was fun. But in general, though, in general, don't discourage kids from looking at a scorecard or tell your kid, yeah, it can help you in the game. Because sometimes a visual on paper is what is needed. And the more these guys can figure out their habits, the better off we'll be. You know strikeouts are outweighing uh, batting right now. Because that's also just what's been accustomed and brought into the game. Swinging for the fence. And how many times is that really going to happen? Now they said, well, we're going to change the ball around. And maybe that'll be a great adaptation to the game. A new baseball. Scientifically modified. We're playing baseball with a GM, a genetically modified baseball. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. I know that the, the home run seems to be down a little bit. The pitching seems to be better. The Braves, you know, they're in New York now. They're not hitting bombs. They're just dinking and dunking. Four nothing. Well, it was a 4-1 win, but even so. Rays, they didn't have, they had power, but they didn't have a million, tons of million dollar ball club, and yet they won the World Series. The Astros, yeah, the garbage can situation was absurd, is just, you know, they're never going to really feel a reckoning, though I know when they're around these ballparks with some fans, uh, they're getting some grief, which is good. I wanted to see that. But they still hit. So maybe telling a kid, telling a player, just to remind him, you know, you've hit every ball on the certain same side. Let's get you in the cage to work on not pulling it. Let's get you in the cage to not try for the long ball anymore. What do, You know, they show batting practice today and they show... BP and one of the, they show these bombs out of the field. It's like what happened to just situational hitting? That's the other thing that has gone away for some teams anyway. Situational hitting has been replaced by analytics, right? I, I think, and I say that because if if they do do the shift, that does take away a run. So yeah, analytics change that. But from a batting perspective, runs on scoring position. You don't get that situational hit most times. It felt like when I watched the Yanks bases loaded the other night, pulling teeth, trying to get the bases loaded, trying to hit with RASP, runners in scoring position. And so, if you're a parent and your kid asks you, hey dad or hey mom, does the scorecard really help with my performance? Say yes. Immerse your kid Sit down with your kid. Hey, you know, this scorecard I got from way ago, and it happens to be from the World Series, but I want to share it with you because this is how it goes. 
And then the kid will be, okay. So, and they pick up on patterns of a player. Why did he keep it in a second? Well, no one knows. He just didn't make that adjustment. He didn't adapt at the plate. And I think that's going to be the problem for baseball and for the Yankees. But as much as they want to tout the long ball, as much as 1998 with the long ball, and, you know, actually 60 years ago, it's the anniversary of Roger Maris's 61 chase. Can't believe it was that long ago. But if you watch the movie 61, it's great. Uh, but in general, that 98 run changed the course of baseball. Everybody wanted to juice it out of there. Literally juiced the ball. Juiced themselves, so they juiced the ball. And now it's that mindset of, hey, uh, you know, I just want to hit Homer. I know I've defended Fernando Tatis on this podcast, and <clears throat> swing at 3-0 is his prerogative, okay? You can't argue with that. But it was the idea he thought that hitting out of the park was going to be so special. And that's the mindset. And if you go back to basics, it is fundamentals. <laughs> Look at a scorecard, it's one of the most basic fundamental things you could do. So if you're a batter, if you're a hitter, how often do you look at your scorecard? How often do you evaluate it? How long often do you even stew over it, right? Because if you're not looking at it, you're not immersing yourself in all the tools, this beautiful game, and it is still beautiful, of baseball has. For kids who don't want to be in, you know, play the game but love the game, they get used to it because their parents say, hey, let's do a scorecard out of it. But when you're dealing with an actual dream, a dream to be an MLB, the show player, hitter, utilize everything. And don't let someone say, no, it won't help your hitting if you look at a scorecard, deter you. Sit down, read it, and just say, wow, I may watch all the video in the world, I may let it in my head, but now that I really see, why am I grinding out to short all the time? Or why am I grinding out to second all the time or third? Why am I hitting it so-and-so? And, you know, a lot of these updated scorecards, by the way, can give you a count. So if you see you're swinging 0-2 and grounding the second baseman, that carries weight. If you see you're in a full count or whatever, and you're so anxious you pull the ball instead of hitting the other way, just think, how can I approach it? And I know, every pitcher is different. They throw different things. They have different arsenals. But as a hitter, you not only have to prepare for that, you should prepare for changing your habits and looking at that scorecard might actually be a very beneficial game changer. And I'll tell you one thing, I do have a Minnesota twin shirt and I do feel... Like I want to say, Minnesota strong. They have had quite the hell of a year. And they did have protests. It didn't seem to escalate as it did last year. But don't get rid of the Minneapolis Police Department. That adaptation is wrong. And I'm kind of booking it because I started with Shogun. I'm ending with this. 
as of last year, do you know there were about 40 or more per se instances where a guy with, with a cop would put the knee on the neck? 40 or more. Let's stop saying the best adaptation to all of this is disbanding the cops. Let's say the best adaptation to this is truly reforming practices. Police reform should not be a guise for ending the police or abolishing the police. But it is. Because I feel like that's the only kind of adaptation some want in this country, and I don't agree with it. Just like I don't agree with withholding any tool possible for any kid who wants to play any sport. Let them adapt to the scorecard. And let us, you know, adapt to better policing. They may seem way off subject here, but they just are both on my mind right now. Because I'm, I'm tired of seeing a couple things. That the shift is on every day and that these players keep hitting in the shift. I'm tired of seeing that in the real world, uh, the only police reform that we're talking about or we're fighting against is abolishing, the, abolishing police. That's not the end-all be-all. Until then, I'm Alex Garrett, where we're always adapting. Stay tuned for more as uh, everything seems to unfold. I, I don't know what the future of the Yankees hold. They six and, they're 6-11. and 11. But we'll be on it, just like we're on everything else. And we'll talk to you soon at Alex Garrett Podcasting, where we're always adapting.